Is your business stuck in one spot struggling to grow? Our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator at winninggym.com slash grow has your back. Sign up now for easy wins, no more struggle, just straight growth. You've got this. Now let's head on back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right, welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons, in studio, sunny Scottsdale, joined as always by Randy Angston. How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you today? Good. Special, special episode. We've got a special guest today, Max Wagner, coming uh, from WCI Commercial. I don't know if you guys remember me speaking about this a couple episodes or maybe even last episode. um, I said, you know what? We need to get a business broker on here because I want to know from the horse's mouth, what are buyers looking for? Okay. So we speak to gym owners every day. And one of the biggest things is you get into this business because you like training, you like working. You don't, I don't know many people that get in the business thinking long-term, like long enough term to say, okay, this is an asset I'm building and growing this to eventually sell. Yeah. I think that hits people around five or six years. They're starting to, to feel the burn a little bit. The business is either taking off or going the opposite way. And they're like, wait, you know, like, was this thing even worth anything at this point? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's really the wrong way to look at it. What we're building here as business owners is a true asset. That's an asset. Should that be. It should be. Um, and so we wanted to bring Max in. Uh, welcome, Max. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. <laughs> Good. Thank Glad you're here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And, and we wanted to hear from you, like, what are buyers looking for? Okay. So here we are. Let me set the stage. We've got a gym owner in Wisconsin. They're, they're in their business every single day. They're growing it. They've got a nice little team, but they're involved in pretty much everything in the business. And they're, they say, they come to you, even though I'm not sure that you represent Wisconsin. Maybe you do. <laughs> I can. You, you can. I, oh, yes. Okay. So they come to you, Max, hey, listen, I want to sell my business. I'm, I'm burnt out. I want to change industries or I want to do something else. And then you say, great. What do they need to have ready in it to go? Like, what are the things that they should be working on? Okay. I know, as far I know as it's the, a giant as question. As far as the seller's concerned. Yeah. So okay. what are the sellers? No, no, I'm saying what are the buyers looking for? So the seller needs to work on those things to get it ready for the buyer. Exactly. A buyer is looking for a, a business that is consistent, that has been around for a while, that has good financials, that has someone that is not in the day-to-day where they need to come into that position and take over because Mm -hmm. buyers get nervous about that. How can I replace this person that is the face of the company and has all the, Mm -hmm. all of the relationships, that type of thing. Okay. So you're saying a buyer would come in and say, okay, how are you running your operation? If is that owner so involved in, as the, you said, the face of the organization, mm-hmm. that's a turnoff to a buyer, would you say? It can be. It can be scary. Be scary. Okay. Is it just based upon like the depth and, and like the level of work and responsibility that goes along with it as opposed to just being like, you know, the representation of 
Is it the fact that they don't feel like they have the skill set to step in and or desire to step in and do the day-to-day operations for most buyers? I don't think that's it. I think the buyer wants to know that they're going to be able to be successful and continue in the same way that the current mm-hmm. owner is sure. being successful. Okay. Does that yeah, that that's yeah, a great sense. point. Okay. Yeah. So whether or not they want to be involved in the business or not, they don't want that owner to be removed and the whole thing falls apart. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so that goes to what we've been speaking uh, about, Randy, is, mm-hmm. is that's that, that cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. You hear us talking about it all the time, going from self-employed, meaning you own your job, to business owner, which is the, the business runs on systems with or without you involved. Yeah, absolutely. And that's right. the biggest... Right probably shift to get it to become sellable, exactly. would you say? Exactly. Okay. So that's the shift to get it to become sellable, but your books might not be in order. Correct. And so that might be a problem. So Co- like, what are they looking for as far as books go? They want- Okay. What? Let me, if I can just kind of turn this around on the other side, and that will help sellers to understand- what the buyers are looking for by what they do or what they don't do. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. All right. So first and foremost, I start out with telling every seller, run your business like you are putting it up for sale tomorrow. I like this. Okay. Okay. We're already already into something. Okay. We got something going. I'm going to say that again because this is probably one of the most important things I tell sellers. Run your business like you are going to put it up for sale tomorrow. You can equate it to a home, okay? If you're going to sell a home, then you need to fix it up and make it look beautiful and fix everything up. And so you will be able to get top dollar when you list the house. Perfect. Great analogy. Same thing with a business. It has to happen before you list it, right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So that means getting your financials in order. That means having really good books and records. The golden ticket is the tax returns. Okay. Okay. Not personal. Nobody cares about your personal tax returns. It's the business tax returns, whether it's a, an 1120S, whether it's a Schedule C, however the, however the business is set up. Mm-hmm. That's what the golden ticket is, and that's what will set the price and drive the train. Okay. So I was telling you before this, th- there's a lot of things that we do on tax returns to make sure our burden in our taxable income is as low as possible. Right. That ends up hurting us exactly. when it comes to valuation of the company. Exactly. You can't win. The, the exactly. or, or looking for money. or yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. so that's a fine line. So how many years back are they looking? Because if you fix it this year, does that even matter? Does it have to be some history of, of several years? Ideally, for a perfect situation, and you and I talked about this, the banks, the buyers, the appraisers, and the brokers, they are all looking for the last three years of tax returns and year to date. Okay. Okay. So if you, okay, so you, it's like a catch-22. It this is. is such yeah. a catch-22. It, catch it, it is. So if you're looking to sell your business, you may end up paying a little bit more in taxes every year to yes. get it look, looking better yes. for a better valuation. Yes. We're going to talk about valuation in a second because that is a muddy, murky- It's a muddy water. (laughs) And it sounds like it's all over the board. So we'll talk about that here in a second. But okay, gyms, you know, this is probably the one of the worst times in the history of gyms to even put your gym up for sale. So it's not something that even matters right now because buyers are not really, well, you, you would answer this. Are buyers looking to buy gyms right now? Not to my knowledge. I mean, maybe for a steal, 
Yeah. Like, hey, I'll get yeah. into that for a steal. I'll come in. No, not even that. I don't deal with fire sales. Okay. I'm going to sell a business that is appraised and that, you know, you give good value. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't deal with fire sales. That makes sense. I mean, you know, like that, it is a different situation, right? The buyer in that is probably looking to offload something and save, you know, whatever they can. Yeah, true. But that situation from the relationship between the buyer and seller in that situation is probably, they expect there to be fires. You know what I mean? It's mm. not the traditional, like, hey, I'm not stepping into a business that I know is successful, profitable. I'm not looking to step in and continue the trend. Exactly. I know that I can provide something, turn it around and save my ass. Or it's true. You know, and, and then profit in the end. There's there's challenges with that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And r high risks. So let's look at a couple. Let me ask you a couple things. How hard do buyers look at, say, your marketing, your marketing systems, your lead flow per month, your sales conversion percentages, your billing software? Like, what are they okay. looking at there? Okay. So what happens during the sales process, it, and again, this is going to differ from buyer to buyer, business to business, just depends upon what the individual is looking for. But more often than not, what happens is once you once you both enter into a fully executed purchase agreement, then due diligence comes into play. And that gives that buyer every opportunity to look at every piece of the business. Okay. Okay. And decide whether it's good, ask questions, you know, really get into depth into that. Great. So, okay, the value comes from the tax returns. Correct. We, we agree on some type of price, and we're going to talk about valuation. Mm -hmm. Then there's a due diligence period where they, they probably interview the owner and walk through everything. Tell, take me through your, your, your systems internally. Right. They'll ask for paperwork. Usually they'll have you know their own CPA that helps them go through the books and records. They'll have maybe you know somebody representing them legally, and then you know, they go through everything and, and just figure out how the business is run and, and what's important to them. Well, I mean, I'd imagine if I was buying a plumbing business, mm -hmm. I'd want to know how many leads is this plumbing business getting every single month? I mm -hmm. think that would be pretty important, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they do look at that. They'll, they'll ask whatever questions okay. is important to and them. And then if I'm, you know, and I, I'm just equating this again to the plumbing business, I'd want to know, like, what, how are you billing these people? How are you keeping your inventory? What mm -hmm. does that database look like? They're looking at all this stuff too. Mm -hmm. They are looking it doesn't at change the valuation. That just Correct. pushes them towards a sale or away from a sale. Correct. Signing on the dotted line. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Now, Correct. going through, dude, here's a good question though, to kind of follow that up. Mm -hmm. Now, in the event that, let's say, they are having that conversation, they're going through doing their due diligence mm -hmm. and they come across a lack of systems or a lack of understanding or you know, something doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. Is that where you go back to the drawing board with the, the offer or with the, the value? It can. It can. Sometimes it's just a matter of clarity. Okay. And maybe digging in a little more, asking more questions, getting more information so there's no misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. You know, I could also see it the other way. Buyers coming in, the numbers look great on paper. The value's there. They get into the into the weeds and like, wow, they're not even running a good business internally. That's even Absolutely. better for me coming in. I can fix this and this will be even better business. I mean, you could see it that way too, right? It can possibly be. But if they're, from my experience, if they're not really comfortable with how everything is being run and, you know, that it's a well-oiled machine, sometimes they will step away okay. from the business. So on average, general, 
of, of all the purchase agreements that have been created and then the due diligence periods happens where they're diving into the systems and like how many of those actually close? What percentage? Honestly? Yeah. From my experience and I think the industry standard is somewhere around 25 to 30%. So so wow. 70% bounce once they get in the weeds. Ah, mm-hmm. ah, mm-hmm. that's good to know. Now it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean once they get into the weeds. There have been situations where I have a... a scared seller, he's been burnt. I have a scared buyer, he's been burnt, and they just cannot get on the same page even before the fully executed purchase agreement. So it's it's all over the board. It doesn't necessarily mean that they all fall out in due diligence. Okay. Okay. But that's, that's pretty low. 25% only close 30%. So, so 75 to 80, you know, whatever that math is, 70 to 75% do not close. Now, now understand I'm talking about the full scope of everything of a buyer that's looking at a business that maybe gets to an LOI, doesn't get to a purchase agreement. I'm talking about all over the board, people that I spend time with, buyers that I spend time with, sellers that I spend time with. Mm Mm-hmm. The ratio of actually closing them is is usually around that, that percentage. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Okay. So here you are. You got gym owners thinking, wow, okay, um, I, I wonder what my business is worth. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to hit that. That's yeah. a big topic here. Wonder what my <laughs> the muddy waters. Is. <laughs> Guys, I went through this with her before this. And, and, and I'm you were gonna, dizzy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's all, it's all general. I mean, there's so many different things that it could be. And so it's really hard to understand, but uh, yeah. we'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. You got a gym owner and it's listening to this podcast. Okay. Oh my gosh. I feel like I got a good business. Again, talking about valuation in a second. They're nervous now. They're nervous. Like I couldn't even sell this thing because I'm so involved in this. If a buyer comes in and I'm leaving, they're not going to want it. My my systems internally, I've got everything written down on Google Sheets and Excel files and nothing's in, in automation. Nothing's a system. Is that even a sellable business in your opinion? Hard to say. It just depends upon what the bottom line shows. So regardless of the chaos within the business, the owner being involved. If the tax returns are great, it's sellable. Yes. Interesting. Yes. So that yes. goes against what we're talking yes. about. It well, goes- I mean, yes. at the end of the day, because I think it in the full spectrum of, you know, it, it's still a relationship like you were talking about. I mean, like the what the buyer is looking for versus, you know, if they're looking to step into a, a solid business with great numbers and ease of trans, you know, transitioning and taking ownership of that, that's one buyer. You know, our buddies that we were talking, we that we, Casey and Jerry, like they are in that position to be looking for the fire sales right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So those two individuals aren't necessarily looking for the same business. Exactly. And so that's, I think, exactly. where it's really, it's like buying a house. Are you buying it to flip? Or are you buying the, re- right. the house you want to move into right. for the rest right. of your life? Great analogies. Like, yes. Yeah. It so depends that- upon the buyer. And some buyers, it doesn't matter if you are the face of the company. Okay. Some buy- Now, I'm just po- painting the picture of... A perfect scenario, sure. if you will. A perfect scenario for for most buyers is what is is somebody that is in the background, somebody that has systems in place, somebody that has longevity, somebody that um, is not over the top with equipment. In other words, equipment heavy. Somebody that has you know history and brought has brought in goodwill. I mean, there's there's so many components to That's what the would perfect happen. scenario. So 
So they've got all that stuff in place. That makes exactly. it that makes a purchase really a lot easier. Back exactly. to, back to now, creating the business, like you said, running the business like you're trying to sell it tomorrow or today. Right. That's the business you should be aspiring to have every day you exactly. show up. Exactly. Yeah. And if you know that by stepping back, it's going to attract most buyers, then that's going to give you the best opportunity mm -hmm. to sell it. Perfect. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now okay. there's other situations. There's other factors also. Um, you know, there's businesses you don't want a business that has 25% of their clients in in one area. And if uh, coming from one feeding Le lead source, exactly. You don't want that. Well, I don't think it's as indicative in in gyms as it as it well, can are be. Are you saying in other... that it's important to have multiple poles in the water <laughs> getting marketing for you? Abso what... Yes, absolutely. Look at, and, look at that and diversification over right. here. Diversification, you know? <laughs> diversification. So, ex example: if I have uh, a septic company that has one client that gives them forty percent of their business, then if that client steps away yeah. for some reason, then there's a problem on the cash flow. Very important. Mm -hmm. Or Very there can be a problem. Yeah. yeah, it's contract. I mean, like, yeah, the contracts with the service-based right. business. So if right. totally if right. you get all of your leads from Facebook and Facebook disappears and now you have zero leads, that's a problem. It can be. It doesn't mean you're going to lose the existing business. You're talking about future new, new leads. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. New business. Yeah. I would say that's not really an issue as much as if you, if there's something out there that is causing you that may cause you to lose at least 15 or 20% of your current revenue, then then you've got a problem. Oh, I see what you're saying. One of your clients is bringing in, okay, like, yeah, in a But I was business. just saying, like, not it's probably not indicative. Right, exactly. You're talking about your your customers. Right. And sure. for the and, gym level. And, and yeah. I don't think that's a real issue well, unless may, I'm maybe, unaware of that. Maybe you've got an agreement with uh, a major corporation that's driving in 50% of your revenue. Or there here, what if, what if you run an independent training model and your independent trainer is the one that's providing 40% of your income for your your business? There you go. Right there. Your customer is your trainer. It's not your trainer's clients, you know, because he's or they're responsible for that percentage of your income each month. That's a great point, Randy. You just want to be really careful to just not put all your eggs in one basket or Very two smart. or three or four. You know, diversify. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The elephant in the room. <laughs> elephant in the room is what, you know, here I am running a business, not me, but like Jim's out there. They've been hard at it five six eight ten twenty three years yeah and they, and they sit back and look at their what they've built mm -hmm. how do they figure out what it's worth okay hey 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 tim lyons here look i know running a gym day in and day out can be a challenge it's often hectic and stressful but remember you are not alone and if you ever feel weighed down by the pressure and you're searching for a lifeline, we've got just the thing. I would love to invite you to our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Listen, it's designed to give you tangible results. It transforms your struggle into sustainable growth, and it is a game changer for so many gym owners out there. Again, that's winninggym.com slash grow. Check it out, and let's turn those day-to-day -day challenges into triumphs. All right, now let's get back to the show. That's a great question. First of all, I, let me just um, start by saying a lot of owners don't really understand that because they've been in business for so long, that adds value. That does not add value. 
what adds value is the last three years and the year to date of tax returns. Of tax returns, and um, you know your year to date P and L, whatever you're doing, as long as the revenues can are continuing along the same trend as the last three years. So, the idea of the fact that they had the business for 23 years and they've been doing great. There was a time that they did wonderful. Has nothing to do with their value today. Okay, it's in the last three years. It's in the last three years. And tax returns are going to show your gross revenue. Correct. Going to show your net profit. Correct. And your taxable income, what you owe. What else? What? Okay, so that's great. That sheet you showed me was. Look like a few more things were included. <laughs> yeah, they can be. Yeah, so that's tax returns. Fund. Some of this is P and L stuff, right? Right. P and Ls serve as a really good understanding of the details as to how a business got from the P and L to the tax return. Okay. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. The tax return doesn't really give you all of those details, so buyers like to see the P and L so they understand how this went from the P and L to the tax return. Okay, so look at much that. deeper understanding if that makes sense. We're looking at the we're looking at the historical numbers for the last three years, maybe three years plus year to date. Okay, and, and you were you're looking for what number? What's that bottom line number that that you're looking at? A bottom line number is what the new buyer can expect to put in their pocket at the end of the day. And what's that called? That's called the cash flow, the owner's cash flow. And that's a total of the three years. That's a total each. So each financial document is given a separate cash flow. Okay. And each document is separated out based on the financials and then each cash flow for each time frame or each year. Year. Yeah. Okay. Each year in has this its own number at the has bottom. Its own number at the and bottom. Do we add those numbers up? That depends. As we talked about before, so I might have three years of tax returns and then this year of the owner's cash flow. Maybe in 2017, the business was terrible. Mm-hmm. So because it's so far back and so far back, I might drop that and I might only add 18, 19 and this year to date. Okay. Okay. The weight is going to, the weight of the appraisal, the weight of somebody that's trying to get a bank loan is going to be put on the most recent time, which is the prior to, at this point, 2019 tax return and year-to-date P&L. Okay. So we got this number, which mm-hmm. is arbitrary, but it's a cash flow mm-hmm. of the last three years as mm-hmm. a total or an average. I'll average it out, but again, depending upon what each cash flow sheet shows me. Okay. What I'm trying to get at, and this okay. is why this was as clear as mud. Right? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I let's wish it say, was clear. It's let's very just lucrative. Say 2017 was 100,000. 2018 was 100,000. Okay. 2019 was, was 150,000. Okay. And that's it. Okay. Let's just say we're selling it January of 2020 this year. Okay. And we're just looked at the last three years to make it easy. Okay. The total of those three numbers is 350,000 in cash flow. Correct. Are we taking that $350,000 in cash flow and doing a multiple on that? Or are we taking an average of the three years and doing a multiple on the average? Okay. First of all, before I would do that, I would look at the year-to-date P&L to make sure where you're at on that. Let's just say we're January of 2020. So we just did the last three years. 
Okay. All right. So with that said, me as the business broker, I'm going to look at those three numbers. I might average them out. I might look at the last two years, whatever I can put together to give the business owner the highest value. Okay. So there's some from there's the, not from a the hard, three years. I guess industry doesn't give you necessarily there's not a hard formula for like this is the well the, well, the obvious the staple the obvious answer would be add them all three together that would give you the most value versus an average in, in this situation it probably would because you're I mean a hundred thousand a hundred thousand a hundred and fifty thousand that's three hundred fifty right sure. three fifty right so yeah I would probably probably okay. do that so you hear about multiples on net profit you hear multiples on gross revenue if you're looking at the tech space in gyms local brick and mortar gyms Mm -hmm. what is the multiple that you would get on that cash flow number you're asking what i might list it for is that what you're right uh, yeah what would you list it for again without seeing the year to date that might change that the year to date is is january of 2020 so there is no year to date okay so based on this Mm -hmm. I would pr- maybe, and again, I'm ballparking it. I might list it at nine fifty, close so close to a thousand, three? close to a million. I'm sorry. Usually around three, a little bit under. And remember, we talked about whether it's a hundred thousand or less. A lot of times, that's not enough to support the debt service. So, since the most recent one was higher than that. I might just go a little bit under that. Okay, so it's very clear that it's a very case by case. It definitely okay. case by case. Not only that, it's Tim. It it has to do with the bank. What type of loans the banks are looking for? What type of loans that the banks will will give the underwriter, the appraiser, the type of industry, the strength of the seller, the strength of the buyer. There's a okay. lot that goes so into you it. Mentioned, you, you've mentioned debt service mm-hmm. quite a few times, and we're talking debt service of the buyer getting a loan, correct? Getting this, showing that cash flow. Correct. And do I have enough cash flow to service this debt and correct. kind of run the operations? Correct. So that's why that's important. That's why that's very. But if important. there's somebody that came and wrote a check for nine hundred thousand, that doesn't mean anything. We don't have a debt service. They're just coming as a cash buyer. Correct, correct. you mentioned in 10 years, you've never seen anybody come to the table without some type of financing. Exactly, something, something, some skin in the game, whether the seller's gonna carry 10% or 5% or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, I mean, you guys are hearing this, you know, about $100,000 in cash flow a year on average using a 3X multiple just under, somewhere around eight eight to 900,000. I usually like to see it more than 100 because that's usually the breaking point. Yeah, so, you mentioned that. So if, yeah. if that was 200, 200, 200 were good. Right, exactly. 200, 200, 250. Then it's stronger. That's a 650 value. Uh, well, just that right there. Flow. I mean, you know, use that, just that piece of advice. If you look at your business and you don't have $100,000 in consistent cash flow, cash flow, right. cash flow, guys, not profit, gross income. Not gross right. income. This right. is cash flow. Right. If not your business revenues. isn't there, the difficulty or the, the struggle, to mm-hmm. to sell that business right there from the horse's mouth <laughs> is it's uh, we, it's more difficult, we don't mean right? To call no, you yeah, a horse. yeah, no, no, no log based jokes. <laughs> hey, right? hey no, I've no. been called worse no. in my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me just explain what I talked to Tim about before we started. Is that 
cash flow number, you do want to increase it over 100000 if you can, because by the time the buyer purchases the business, is that $100,000 going to be enough to support the new buyer to to allow them to pay off the SBA loan, there you know, and other other finances that they're going to need to pay, mm-hmm. other other bills that they're going to need to have. So if if the cash flow is higher, then you're going to get a better valuation on the business. And so we're defining cash flow and also money in the owner's pocket, technically the same thing based on the sheet with, here. With us, in with, my with experience. In your yeah. experience. Yes. So what other things go into cash flow? Like how do I get that number as high as possible? Just speaking to gym owners. You're talking about uh, any depreciation, any amortization, any interest, um, your salary, make sure that you know that's clear on a W-2 so that can be added back. If you have meals, travel, um, donations that are for the business or for the personal use of the owner, for the personal use of the owner, and you can yeah. add that back in. Okay, right, correct. Because yes. that's again, it's trans. That's all relevant to the person that's stepping in sure. in those shoes, right? Those so shoes. that so that person that's stepping in can say, well, Tim, his medical insurance was a thousand dollars a month for him. Well, mine mine is. Uh, I don't pay medical insurance because it's through my wife's business. So therefore, I'm not going to have to be putting out that yes, $1,000. So, right so I flow. can put that right in my pocket. Got it. Smart. And so here we go. Another catch-22 <laughs> where you try to talk about not using the business for personal expenses. But then here's the flip side. It actually helps you in valuation. To an extent, it, well, it's an under. I think that's the difference. It doesn't necessarily help you, but it is. No, it it's considered the cash flow. It's in consideration. The, certain things are very clear to a bank and to an appraiser. Your insurance is clear. Things like meals is clear. Things like travel is clear. But other things that you might want to be doing, your Costco card every year. Just other things like you're paying for your home office, that type of thing. When it gets really messy and really convoluted and it's not clear, then it makes it very difficult. What if I took a trip to Disneyland and ran it through the business? That's perfect. You just have to have documentation on it. It's the, it's, but it's not a business expense. Right. So that would go against the expense line in a typical scenario. In this, it's actually added back to the owner cash well, flow. Well, travel is, travel is accepted. Travel is accepted. Regardless of the business or personal use. If it sits on your P&L as, as travel and expense, that would add to the cash flow? Not always. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where- that's, who's, who's doing Who created this okay, formula? Let me, let, me, let me explain. That's where my job comes in. Yeah. So I see $17,000 last year in travel. And my job as the broker, I have to ask the seller, or I should, some may not, but I, I do- what what's what exactly is in that seventeen thousand dollars for travel? Well, nine of it was for a personal trip. Okay, and what was the rest? The rest was I had to go and yeah, conferences. Sure. You know, meet business meetings or whatever. To, to so 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 I don't add back that whole amount. I add back the nine, the nine. exactly. Sure. sure. So a lot of this is. Before we even list a business, we value it. my job is I do my own due diligence with the seller. We need to go line by line. I need to I need to understand those P and Ls backwards and forwards. And the clearer those 
P&Ls are, the easier it is for me because we're going to work together. Yeah. I don't represent the buyer. I represent the seller. So that's how so it makes it You have easier. a meeting with the seller, mm -hmm. several meetings with the accountant. You get everything together. You you create the value. You try to get it as high as possible. Exactly. It benefits everybody. Exactly. A little a, wiggle room, you know, little wiggle room in that. Exactly. Okay. Very interesting. Not clear at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> three, three X times cash flow. <laughs> what other, I mean, this is off topic, but you hear about tech companies. Yes. And tech companies do a multiple on gross revenue. Yeah, it's a whole different animal there. And it's like eight to 12. And if I do $100,000 in gross revenue a year, that's a million dollar valuation. It's completely opposite of what this is. It, this, there are industries that will command- Giant multiples. Different, different multiples. Unbelievable yeah. how different that is. Yeah. Okay, so here we are with a three-ish times- Three-ish, again. And it's yeah. not even against net profit. It's against cash flow. Mm -hmm. Are all businesses uh, in the, like the, this kind of category- I've always thought I was. I'm glad you're here. I've always heard it was on net, like profit, net profit times a multiple. Attention, gym owners, are you ready to take your business to the next level? Join our exclusive Facebook group, Profit Accelerator, and unlock the potential to scale your gym to thirty thousand dollars a month and beyond. In the Profit Accelerator group, we're going to focus solely on helping gym owners just like you win. We offer regular training sessions and share our best proven strategies to boost your business. Join us now by searching for Profit Accelerator on Facebook. Be part of a community that's all about success and growth. The Profit Accelerator, where gym owners thrive. All right, now let's get back to the show. There's people that use different verbiage to acquire a cash flow. And so you'll hear that that's the other problem is it's not consistent no in our industry. It's not universal. But <laughs> I can tell you our company's been around since 1968. These are what this this form is what the banks use. With, okay. And it's worked. And we've closed over 5,000 businesses. So okay. it's worked. I got it. Okay. Let's get in into the gym. Itself. Okay. Okay. This is a thing that you hear. Okay. There's two camps of train of thought. Mm -hmm. And this goes into whether or not you should have annual agreements in your training gym. Camp one is we want to have contracts. It's almost like a subscription, like I was describing to you. The services are um, haven't been rendered yet, but they've agreed to be there, let's just say 12 months. Mm hmm. Um, the thought on this camp is, well, I can show accounts receivable or at least revenue expected that's in a contract that's got, you know, legal signatures and everything else involved versus the month to month gym. The month to month gym says you're here, you have a 30 day cancellation at any given time, cancel, start and cancel anytime you want. So no real, like nobody's locked into anything. It's just, you know, you can come and go. Everybody next month, they could all disappear over, that's in camp two. The question that comes up is, is it going to change the either the valuation or the sellability of the business? Not the valuation, because it sounds like valuation is all based on tax returns. We know that. But the sellability of the business, if I come in as a new owner and I see, wow, they've got $400,000 in contracts that go out for the next 12 months, Versus this one is, you know, let's just say they make the same amount same every dollar month. For dollar just, yeah. Let's just say they make $20,000 a month each. 
This one's got, you know, $400,000 in contracts. This one has zero contracts. What does that do for the seller? Like the sellability of the business. Okay, got it. Um, first of all, you sell business, you sell businesses on what the numbers are now. You cannot sell a business on a hypothetical number down the road. Okay. okay? I I will talk with many sellers. Well, you know, the new buyer can do this and they can do that and they can do this. That's great. But I don't see the numbers on that. What I see is what you've done today. Yeah. So whether you do a month, whether you do a year, we talked about this, there's always a loophole and a buyer can always cancel on any type of contract if they really, really, truly want to. Mm -hmm. um, regardless of what is written in the contract, I hate to be the bearer of bad news because I deal with a lot of businesses with a lot of really high-level contracts. And at the end of the day, as the buyer or the client, there's always a loophole and there's always a way out of it. So I don't believe in my experience that that really is going to make a difference. Okay. So a different situation. This is Jim, so maybe I'll put it in, into your terms. Maybe you okay. got a maybe you have a a service agreement yeah. okay. with a you're an HVAC company. You have mm -hmm. a service agreement with a hotel chain mm -hmm. and you've got it written in your documents mm -hmm. that, you know, over the next 12 months you're mm -hmm. going to go service all these and they've you've agreed to a price mm -hmm. and it's not serviced yet, but this is a service agreement. It's almost like a gym like a, membership. Like, or product-based business, like having a- uh, Well, a we're P saying uh, HVAC, yeah. HVAC mm -hmm. company. Yeah, right? and we saw a lot of those. Right, so so, yeah. so if I'm saying, hey, I've got this with Hilton Hotels and we do all the services in the Valley for them, that has no value to the business. It does in a buyer's mind. I mean, the thought of, yes, I do have a contract. The sellability goes up. Sure. The well, sellability in his mind, not the value. No, not the value, right? But the right. sellability of oh, when I come into this business, they've got existing clients and existing customers. To me, that's a thumbs up. Versus, it, yes, I don't know. I have to go out and sell new business every month before I can. You know what I mean? It it's it this, can be. It depends upon the buyer, though. There's some buyers that know that if they get this great contract that you just described and they go out in the first couple of weeks and whoever they send out totally destroys the contract, then it doesn't matter, you know, well, with bad goes, service or, or whatever. Uh, right. But that's, that's like doing, you have to run a good business on top of it. Exactly. So, so if some, if a new, a new buyer comes into a gym and they've got all these contracts and the trainer goes and, and punches everybody in the face and they all quit. <laughs> Yeah, that's I'm only same. saying that because I've had that experience with an HVAC business. Oh, they, yeah. they punch a bunch of people in the face? They do. <laughs> oh, man. No, well, I, of course. No. They're, yeah, as long as they do the, the thing that they were signed up, you know what I mean? They're not going to go punch everybody in the face right. and everybody leaves. Of course. Right. Of course. Yeah, but I think it comes, I think the answer to it is it, it is almost an opinion. It's an emotional response, not the logic, you know, backed by numbers. Right. That's, that's right. walking into a situation saying, okay, cool. I'm comfortable making this decision, regardless of what, like, you know, staring you in the, fa the face, two plus two is four. That might be logical, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that the person's still comfortable stepping into that situation. That's where those, the contracts and, you know, product based business, purchase orders, things right. like that. Like, right. yeah, that, that would be, that emotional tell, I think, because I'll put it to you this way. If I'm buying a business, the HVAC company, 
and one's got to deal with Hilton hotels for mm-hmm. the next 12 months mm-hmm. and the one doesn't mm-hmm. and it doesn't have anything. I'm going mm-hmm. to buy the one that has Hilton yeah, hotels. That's a yeah. no brainer. Oh, it's, and that's it's what an I'm attraction. To, that's, it's an attraction. That's no what question. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to put that on the table for gym owners because gym owners are the ones that have an adverse or like an anti-annual contract thing because in their head, they, they're not going to hold them to it anyway. If they argue with you, you're just going to let them out or they can disappear at any time. The people that don't do the contracts, they always lean towards month to month because it's easier to sell. They're not locking anybody in. There's no, you know, it's always goodwill, good, good, like mojo. And to me, if you're looking to sell, I absolutely would want to have annual contracts. Now, does it do anything for the value? No, we've described the valuation of the business comes to the, the hard numbers of what, right. what happened in the right. past, not potential. Mm-hmm. But for the sellability. I have to say, I have to agree with you. Yeah, that's okay. going to be more comfortable for a buyer, I believe, yeah. when, in my experience, yeah. that but, if if they're looking at agreements, I guess you call them, as opposed yeah. to contracts. Agreements, um, yeah. Year, year long, as opposed to month to month, yes. Yeah. But, and that's really my point, because the argument is the gym owner can't, let's say can't be, that's, that's all month to month. Well, I can put anybody in that seat to sell a month to month because there's no there's no hard overcome. Yeah. That's easy. I'm not going to hold them to it anyway. You know, if they if they argue, but in my side, I'm like, well, you can offer both, but having an agreement does more for you in the sellability aspect than not. So that that's just my take. That's, I agree. Okay, cool. I think it goes it goes along with the importance of the systems and and like we discussed, like Max brought up early. You know, creating the business that's sellable today, not thinking, oh, I'll get to that down the road, right? Exactly. You, you can't just up and say, okay, four years from now, I'm going to plan the change, you know, I'm going to sell the business in four years. So now I'm going to instill annual contracts so that my, you there know, you go. the seller coming in is going to see this stuff. No, build that business today because that's the right thing to do. It might not be the easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's kind of the, that's the friction in our industry is yeah. gym owners are looking for the easy sale today. But that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't. We just, you know, discussed it. It's not necessarily going to help you when it comes to yes. the next phase or right. the next step in right. your business. Right. So many times I've I've been in situations with sellers where you know, they've had a really bad day. They call me up and they say, Max, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to put the keys on the table. I'm done. And then you realize that they have not done anything to set their business up for sale. So what I educate them in is, you need to put your buyer's hat on. You need to have at least three years where you're going to look and feel like a buyer, not a seller. And that's why I always say, so you're going to start running your business like you're putting it up for sale tomorrow. And okay. that at the end of the day is going to give you the best value. Okay. That's a general statement. And no, I get understand what you're saying. Run it like you're going to sell tomorrow. To me, that means get my books in order, get as much revenue on the books, even if I'm paying more taxes. Exactly. That means working myself as the owner out of the day-to-day operations. Exactly. That means putting and training my team up and having manuals in place and, and, and uh, you know team training things that you, that you can put anybody in that place. Systematize. Right. Documentation right. across the board on every exactly. position, job descriptions, training, all that. Exactly. And having, you know, great documentation on your your lead sources and your marketing and your marketing systems and having an automation in place like all that goes into 
running it like you're selling it tomorrow. Right. 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 So those are the things we preach about. Those are the things that we, we try mm-hmm. to drill home that most people say, well, if I'm not selling my business, I don't need to do that. I would argue the opposite because Absolutely. it's going to be a better operation. I was going to say, it's going to be a great run, well-run business mm-hmm. if that's what you're thinking about. Right. And that's, that's what you want to this do. This is great info. Uh, I'm not sure it was it was like really clear, but uh, <laughs> but it gave people a direction, and that was really yeah. what you, you know. Not, and it sounds like it's just the way it is in this industry. It sound, it's it's on a case to case basis. Yeah, you've been doing it ten years. There's never been a real standardized thing. It's always case by case, like you said. So yeah, good to know. The, uh, you know, I've got your information here. How do people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Well, before be, hold on, before you do that, do you help buyers? get their businesses ready for sale, even if they don't list with you? Wait, but you mean sellers? Sorry, sellers. If I came to you, hey, I'm not ready to sell it today, but I'd love to work with you to get it ready. For, so when that time comes, um, do you have any type of course or coaching or consulting that you do with business owners to get it kind of moving in that direction? It's really developing relationships with them. I have sellers that I've been talking to for six, seven, eight years that all of a sudden they're ready. We talk about an exit strategy, which I think is so important to have in place before you list your business for sale. What are you going to do? What's your future going to look like? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you going to be able to handle this? And, you know, a lot of psychology goes into this as well. There are many business owners that they are the business that defines them. Oh, yeah. And when they sell it, they could, you know, they're a mess. So, well, you know, who comes an example is Joe Paterno. When, yeah. when Joe Paterno for Penn State got, you know, he was a 60 year coach for the football team. And when he got removed because of that scandal, he yeah. died within a that, month. Yeah, it was, yeah. He died. That was his life. That so, to, to your point, this is the, somebody's oh, life. Retiring. So you you do a little psychology around it, a little a little mental coaching, life coaching. There you go. I, it, it, I like defi- it though because there is definitely a lot of life coaching that goes on. When in we talk about property. that, like when when our private clients come to us, when we I talk to them first week. I go, hey, your business is like you're in it. I get it. Like this is your everything, but it's also just an aspect of who you are and what you're what you have you know in life. Right, so right. let's create this as a business, as an entity, as right. part of your situation exactly not not what i always totally to defines of, you yeah because otherwise there's and there there is no removal there is no ability to pull back and consider a sell a sale or passing it on to somebody else well, and not in the present moment for these mm-hmm. folks so so the question i ask is what do you want gym owners what do you want to do do you want to eventually sell i would i would assume yes versus close yeah because that's your options you could either sell it or give it or close it if you're not going to work there anymore, because if you're, you get in this business and you've, di- you've been in there for 35 years, you're not going to be wanting to run a gym when you're 60 years old or whatever it is. For somebody else, especially. For somebody else. So those are your options. So back to your question, do you, you, you know, you said you work on relationships. I totally get that. It seems like it's a long sales cycle for you. Um, it can be. Do you have anything <laughs> for these do coaching courses work? Do you work with them on a consulting basis to, to, 
to work with them to get it ready, like for some type of fee? Like, what are you? You know, doing? I haven't. Why but, not? Um, yeah, like, can we can we help you there? <laughs> that's a good question. I it, it's not really talked about in our industry. It's time to change that because You're I can tell you there's right. a need. There's oh, a, there is. There's a need for somebody to come in to get somebody's there business is. ready for business, regardless if they list it with you or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if they build a relationship, they're going to list it with you. But if you can get him ready, and right. that's uh. $5,000 to do that, that's worth your time. You get, and it's a big value to the gym or to the business owner out right, there. Because right. we're clueless when it comes to this. We, we really are. That's why I wanted to have you on. We don't no, know what and the most, real deal most is. Most sellers don't. And that's what makes me sad at times where there's really not a lot of education out there. And, Be that person, um, Max. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they, they can call me on my cell phone anytime. All right, your cell phone is, and we'll put in the show notes, 480-213-7055. Ask for Max. Do you do text too? Text? I text. Um, you can go to uh, max at wcibroker.com. Yeah, they can email And then we'll me. go to your email and uh, chat with Max. I mean, what else are you going to do, guys? If, uh, if you're not going to close and you're going to try to sell, you better get your ducks in a row. That was your term earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we talked about a lot of stuff, but I, there's just so much untalked about and yeah, the maybe, real numbers yeah. and stuff. So yeah, there's definitely much more we can talk about. Yeah. So get get in touch with Max, guys. If you're interested in, in at least getting prepared, I'm I'm going yeah, pu- got- to push her to create something to be able to help everybody here. So um, I can value, I do that all day long. I can value anybody's business all day long. I don't charge for that. And I know he's looking at me. <laughs> Tim is so bad right now. <laughs> so I can give a business owner evaluation based on what I see at this point in time. And a lot of times sellers are just curious. They have no earthly idea what their business is worth. So they'll reach out to me and say, can you really value that for me? What is it? And you'd be surprised how many times sellers are shocked. They're like, wow, I didn't think my business was worth anything. Really? I can actually get this for my business? So either they're ready to sell at that point in time when they're when they're excited, or I sometimes I will say to them, you know, you're not quite ready. Let's wait another six months. Let's wait another year. When they're ready is when the time is going to happen, mm-hmm. not one moment before then. Or I will say to them, Let's reconvene in six months. Let's see where you're at. But at least at that point, Tim, they have the education and the knowledge that of what their business is worth, whether they decide to do something or not. And the other piece of the, of the puzzle is that it gives them an opportunity to say to themselves, well, when I sell it, I want to put this amount of money in my pocket and I'm not quite there yet, mm. but at least I have an exit strategy and I have a goal, and I know where I'm at. Yep, perfect. Okay, well, good. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So just just uh, email Max at max at wcibroker.com. Max, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I think me. that was educational. All oh, right. that's huge. Yeah, I mean, you're really confused. <laughs> no, we, we, I, we love this because, I mean, this is a conversation we have with our clients every day. Good. And I, I love this too because, like I said, there's so many sellers that have no idea what it's all about to sell their I would business. say the majority don't. Absolutely. Yeah, they don't. So. Yeah. Well, good enough, guys. Uh, thanks for being on the show, Max. Thanks Until next time, me. guys, keep changing lives. We'll see you on the next show. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. 
Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you got to do is join our private Facebook group, Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals right now. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you join, we're going to give you free access to our 10 fitness marketing strategies, seven-figure gym owners use to win. All right, I look forward to you joining us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great.